Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, February 4th, 2022. No Roush, just Walker, no Justin Kalen, just TJ here on your Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Not sure where everybody is. Justin, he did let us know that he would be taking a day off. Uh, Not sure how the roads are in southern Indiana, but... He's out. Roush, not sure how the roads are from his living room to his bedroom. I would imagine he's going to have the internet access excuse. Uh, always a classic for him. Oh, he pops in right now. So maybe he can he can better detail what he is facing over at his oh, house. It's, it's What's fun. up? It's, it's been a fun 24 hours at the Roush house. Well, I'm glad um, you figured it all out. Well, that that's a very loose term. Um, figuring it out uh, was uh, I almost I had an actual nervous breakdown yesterday. It, it was that frustrating. I, I, I don't know where my glasses are because I just was in a bout of rage. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, you, I what'd really you, just what do you do? Why don't you detail? Why don't you detail the day for us? Well, um, essentially. Um, I, I came to figure out that uh, I have an extender for my Wi-Fi to make it reach my office. Uh, when the internet didn't work, I unplugged it one day. I had to reset it. So I did that, and I thought, okay, everything's going to work fine. No, it just there's a hole in my office that refuses to accept internet anymore. It just it just won't. It just, it just said, you suck, Roush. I'm never going to work for you ever again. Um uh, and then this morning, like I, so I was like, all right, you know what? I wake up early this morning. I, I, I got through yesterday by basically using my bedroom to work, um, or the living room when baby wasn't down there, just depending, you know, moving around all day. But I got my work done, got some podcasts recorded. The internet held up long enough for that. This morning, I was like, you know what? I'm worst case scenario. Uh, I'm in the bedroom, but I'll move the extender upstairs. Maybe, maybe that'll help me out. And you know what? As soon as I walked in the office, I was clicking all over the internet 20 minutes ago. Just clickety, click, click, click. Internet for me. Woohoo. Let's drink up the internet. And then what happens? Uh, two minutes of showtime. Nothing. 
this is like you've got to be bleeping 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 kidding me you like are you serious um so yeah um we're live uh back from a bedroom it's uh it's been a nightmare and i wish that i could physically do something like i wish there was something tangible for the internet for me to just like shred apart for me to rip it apart stomp on it i want to do like an office space thing but it, it's there's there's nothing physical so it, it that makes it even worse like i can't even i can't even take out my rage on anything it's 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 been not fun terry not fun at all could you physically go to a place that has better internet like a parent's house or a friend's house um see that's that's the cat that's the part that uh the catch 22 like i i really i could just go to the spectrum score, store and trade out wi-fi all that stuff but this was happening as the ice was coming down it's like well I guess i'm just gonna have to make it for the next 24 hours so uh i i know that it's uh i don't think it's as bad as we thought it could have been in the ice storm but still was just like you know what i'm just gonna err on the side of caution for the next two days and just be mad at myself for it sucking well, bad timing, but glad that you're here. It's Friday. We do have a big sports weekend. No NFL, which is, I guess, a little bit of a bummer. Only one NFL game left, but do uh, do have a big Kentucky basketball game. A late one, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Kentucky. Third consecutive road game on a Saturday. Uh, this one not against the top five team, but still a team that has beaten their fair share of top five teams. They have mm -hmm. several good wins on the season. Really tough team to figure out because for each one of their good wins, they have a really bad head-scratching loss to go along with it. So no trickier team if you're just looking on paper than Alabama. Obviously, Nate Oates, not sure if anybody's familiar with who the head coach is. Uh, he gets talked about frequently in these parts i'm not 100 percent sure why uh actually i do know why it's because his teams shoot a ton of threes and they will be doing that tomorrow night against kentucky john calipari i i normally would speak with the media today i could totally see them getting out of that because of the weather and they were concerned about their travel plans heading down there and all that stuff but if he were to speak i'm sure at some point we would get the quote if they hit 23s you just shake your head and say what can you do and you go on to the next one and there is obviously a lot of truth to that we hear calipari say it all the time against teams that shoot a ton of threes it'll be no exception against alabama uh, ideally you defend the perimeter and you make it a little bit tougher for them but there is some truth to it it's just when you play a team that shoots that many from deep if it happens to be one of those special nights where everything's dropping there's not a ton you can do about it all that being said, if you just go down the down the roster, if you just go across the board, Kentucky is more talented, is a better team than Alabama. So whether at home, on the road, if Alabama has a good shooting night, if they have a bad shooting night, it's a game Kentucky should win, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't say that last week against Kansas. I didn't say that against Auburn. I And I thought Kentucky, from a talent standpoint, just as good, if not better, against those teams – but it was close enough where you could, you didn't want to lose, but you could say, hey, top five team, that's a loss on the road, not the end of the world. It won't be the end of the world if Kentucky loses to Alabama. But Roush, I, I, where I think I could see scenarios for a loss, this is just a game Kentucky should win. They're just better. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do worry about that you're going to 
have to worry about against a team like this is what happens if the team that shoots a bunch of threes gets hot and starts making a bunch of threes. Um, but with that being said, I, the thing that we all like got drunk on last year watching Alabama basketball, it was John Petty and all those dudes just netting threes, but they were a really good defensive team. And Kentucky, really good offensive team. So like, I, I think at worst case scenario, you have to win a close shootout on the road. Um, because, but, and I expect Alabama, I mean, this is a team that, like you said, they beat good teams. They lose to bad teams. They play to their competition. This is a big game at home. It's a chance for them to, I don't know if solidify their NCAA tournament seed, but they've got a, they've got a weird resume. They, they, they need a win like this. They don't get too many opportunities like this. So I expect them to bring their a game. Um, also expect them to give Kentucky plenty of opportunities to score down there at, is it Stegman? No, what, what's what's Alabama? Um, no, segment is Georgia. That's Georgia. Um, the hump is Mississippi State. Oh man, it is a coliseum. Well, it's funny you brought that up because I was gonna bring in, you know, I I was gonna bring up the fact that they're announcing about building a new one, Coleman Coliseum. Coleman Coliseum. There we go. Uh, they're they're talking about new basketball arenas, and just yesterday they had their board of trustees and everybody else and all the big wigs basically talk about it. And I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, forget how much money it was going to be. Uh, it was expensive though. Hey, you know what? They spend a lot of money on football. Might as well throw NATO to boom. But if they get a new basketball arena, they probably will have the, I don't know how big it plans on being, but you would think they'd have the intent of hosting tournament games and stuff like that. So um, I don't know if you're a fan of SEC programs, including in improving their basketball teams, then this could be good news for you. If you don't really care what the rest of the SEC does, then maybe not great news because this is probably going to make Alabama a better basketball program if you invest and commit this much money mm -hmm. to the arena. But probably a good thing, all things considered. You're you're looking at this season for Kentucky, and this is for all intents and purposes, uncharted territory with the SEC somewhat getting the former ACC treatment, the current and former Big Ten treatment. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is that when you lose, you don't get totally punished by the losses where, you know, unless you lose to one of the bottom teams in the league. But even if, if Kentucky lost to Alabama tomorrow, and Alabama, I think it's like, fifth in the SEC, sixth in the SEC. Nobody's going to say it's a bad loss. Nobody's going to nitpick it and say, hey, yeah, it, you know, not that Kentucky wants to lose, but it's not going to crush them in any bracketologies, Roush. You won't see them drop like two or three seed lists because Alabama has garnered respect nationally. So there is – it is nice when the SEC is better as it stands right now. I, I don't know. I think they've got four teams ranked, but – Alabama kind of knocking on the door, Arkansas knocking on the door. LSU is probably going to get unranked, so it may just end up being three after this week. But uh, it's it's good to – It's good, good that to, it means more, you know? It, it, if you have an off night, it's nice that it does it, – it shouldn't absolutely kill you in rankings, polls, and all that stuff. And that's the way that it should be. And as the SEC has had more and more teams kind of invest in their basketball programs, uh, you're seeing the benefits of that this season. Definitely. Uh, the nation has caught SEC basketball fever. Caught the fever. 
Which I think they've got to change that slogan now. Why's that? Well, you know, I, it's cool. Yeah, but everybody likes COVID. You, do you want to be telling people you've got the fever? I don't think so. Yeah, but this isn't. This is not a literal fever. It's a metaphoric excitement fever. I, I, gotta, I, when I got it, that fever, I got it. It was a full-on fever. Not Maybe really. You were get, really, catching a different SEC basketball fever. Pretty bad SEC basketball Saturday. No, I, I think I could probably tell you the winners to all the games right off the right off the get-go. So uh, Kentucky, Alabama, clearly the best SEC game of the day. And it is mm-hmm. the latest at eight o'clock. So, can I, um, uh, oh, can not I tell you something? State Arkansas at eight thirty. Sorry, apologies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You... I, I accept your apologies. Um, here's what we we did this last Friday. This is what I'm going to be mad at on Saturday before it happens, and it's not my internet. We okay. as a collective are going to be furious at all of the Duke, North Carolina, just Coach K, Dean Jones. They're going to be throwing that in our faces, and that game's going to get over with at like 8.30 Saturday night. There are going to be a lot of fouls. It's just going to be ugly. Hopefully, Coach K loses, um, but fully expect the uh, – what's their stupid saying for the app? One tap. It's the app. It's like, oh, no, it's not, because it takes like 20 minutes to find your game because your app sucks. It's uh, just – prepare in advance for the Duke North Carolina awfulness to bleed over into Kentucky Alabama game. That's a really good point. They they, they are doing their well let's just see. They they're doing so there's a game at noon, there's a game at 2, there's a game at 4, there's a game at 6 and then there's Kentucky's game at 8 on ESPN. It is a full college basketball day on on ESPN uh, from, from the, and I guess I don't think there's a game at 10, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Oh, there is Gonzaga BYU. So uh, <laughs> Kentucky's not even the last leg of that. And they will push back tip off times. Not a great deal, but they, you know, they'll push it back it, five minutes or so yeah. if they have to, to get the TV broadcast. So there's going to be the snowball effect. If you're going somewhere tomorrow night to watch the game, don't feel like you got to be in your chair right at eight o'clock. This bad boy is probably not starting till eight ten. And even then, Roush, I totally agree with you. It's going to start on the app, most likely. You'll have to go, and then, you know, around 820 or something after the love and the foul fest, most likely that is North Carolina and Duke, they'll flip over to the UK game. Great point, Roush. I love that you're getting ahead of this because mm-hmm. it seems like almost every Kentucky game this season, it's been delayed start, go to this channel, at least the Saturday game. So I'm sure right, tomorrow right. night, I almost guarantee that tomorrow night is no exception. And then of course, Duke, North Carolina, with North Carolina stinking this year, they're going to get the six o'clock primetime treatment. Baylor, Kansas is at four. Baylor, Kansas should be the primetime yeah. game over Duke, North Carolina this year. But uh, not sure if anybody's told you all, but this is Coach K's farewell tour. This is his last season. So we we pretty much could have guaranteed that that was going to get the best time slot. But uh, it's going to be a fun day. Uh, don't make don't don't get yourself too too many plans on this Saturday because it's a pretty good college basketball day all throughout the day. And then again, cats, Alabama, eight o'clock. Do you like that? Is that too late for you, Roush? Uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I would rather it be earlier, but you know, we'll make do, we'll make do. Um, I, I do also worry about, like you said, that's like all the rollover. 
Um, but at least it's on ESPN, and we'll get the ESPN news to hold the slot. And that's, I think, for most people, like I, I've got that channel, I can flip to it pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd rather get started, get going earlier. Um, that's just personal preference. Uh, but either way, uh, I'm I, there is at least good games leading into that Kentucky game, so that that will be exciting to watch some of the other ones in action. Uh, I feel like we are. I mean. First weekend of February, TJ. This is where this is where stuff gets real, and uh, I I know we alluded to this, you know, maybe like a, a few weeks ago, but man, not having March last year and not having it, or excuse me, not having a team that you had any faith to get to March, it, it's good to have these feelings back. The, the, this anticipation, the big games on Saturdays. I wish this one was at Rupp. I think it's a crock of crap that a lot of these. Uh, big Saturday prime games are away for up. I mean, you got two in a row. I, I think there's only one more at home on a Saturday, like Florida, maybe. I mean, they basically were like, no, UK, you're going to have a good game. We're going to put you on the road on Saturday. No, this is this is just a, a, a fake false narrative. It, it's a bad luck. It's been a bad stretch, but Kentucky's at home next Saturday against Florida. They're at home the following Saturday against uh, Alabama, so they'll get the return game. Okay, okay, they get the return. That's good. And then that is it, but then I think there's only one more, two more Saturdays (laughs) after that. So after this game, they split their Saturdays. uh, But I think they only got three Saturdays in like at home in the SEC home schedule. I don't think that's right either. They, I mean, they got the Tennessee game. That was a Saturday at home. They got the Georgia game. That was a Saturday at home. And then was Mississippi or was Missouri a Saturday at home during like the New Year sort of deal? But at least Tennessee and Georgia were Saturday. So you got four out of like nine. Nah, so, so you're, okay. So you're, it doesn't seem as bad. You're one off pace. But bad. it was just kind of bad luck that like, all right, hey, you have this Tennessee game at home, which was an amazing atmosphere. You, so that much was, fun. That was one that you were glad was a Saturday. It's easy to kind of gloss over that. But then you do kind of get bad luck where it's, hey, top five game on the road, and it's Auburn. And then what do you do? And, of course, that's just they didn't have they didn't have any control over the SEC Big 12 Challenge game. That was going to be a road game regardless. But mm-hmm. you just run it right back the following Saturday, and then – it is it's it is just kind of I guess maybe in the future they need to if they know the SEC Big 12 Challenge game is on the road don't have the two SEC games sandwiching that be road games but um, they, they they return it next Saturday Kentucky will get a four o'clock one against Florida which will be a great atmosphere and then they'll get the return game the following Saturday against Alabama so there is a little it, it will zig and zag and it comes back but. This will be a tough atmosphere, no doubt about it. As Roush mentioned, it's an mm-hmm. important game for Alabama. I hope that there's I hope all the drama is on the court, Roush. Did you get to see any of the UCLA Arizona game last night? Uh I did not watch any of that game last night. Um what did I do last night? Uh, but no, I, I did not watch basketball. Arizona, they this was the return game. They lost at UCLA. It's their only conference loss, only second loss on the season. And gave UCLA, for the most part, the business. But the biggest storyline was not Arizona's win. It was a UCLA basketball player getting arrested in their own locker room after the game. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? (laughs) I thought Auburn was the biggest mess in sports right now. Nope, not not Auburn. Um, 
<laughs> UCLA had a player get arrested. What did he do? Did he uh, walking off the court? Spit allegedly spit on some Arizona fans. Mac Etienne was then he was allowed to go to his locker room. I think unknowing that he was going to be arrested, and cops came into the locker room and said that you're not allowed to spit on people, and you're going to the you're going to the poke. All right, is that? That's not normally is, – is that like a, a new COVID law where it's like assault if you cough on somebody? I, 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 I think I think we've seen people get spit on or spit on before and they weren't thrown in jail. Am I crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I'm not a police officer. I'm not sure if that's new to COVID, but I don't think you could just willy-nilly going around spitting on people. Right, right. That's not good. I just, I, I do feel like the arresting somebody, like if, if this is at, uh, if this is at home and he spits on some road fans, are they like letting it, is it different if he's in Los Angeles versus Tucson? Well, uh, seeing the video, you at least the video I saw, you couldn't see like a total you can't really make out that he's actually, it looks like he is spitting, but you can't actually see the spit fly and drill somebody in the face. There's no like slow motion up close and personal, but what you can see in the video is that a cop is just basically right there for the whole thing. So uh, probably not. I don't know if it was just like, Hey, this guy spit on somebody. The fans are alleging that it happens. There's really no way to prove it. Oh, except in this instance, you do it directly in front of a cop who sees it and just feels like you have to do something about it. Like, because at that point, then I guess the, the, the fans could be like, you saw that officer and you're not going to oh, do yeah. anything he, about it. You're not really right there. Yeah. You're not really <laughs> upholding. You're not upholding the law, but that was a, that, that was probably the biggest thing to come from the game last night. Arizona Man, gets a, a loser, win. but that's a uh, bad move. And he's, he's somebody that's Gosh. out for the season, I think due to injury. Like, why are you getting so worked up by the fans? You didn't you, even play. This doesn't involve you. Gosh, he's got some. I'm. I'm gonna make fun of his hair because I, I. I. But the big ponytail, and he just. He just looks like a real ding. So, I mean, this is what happens when you spit on. How's how dumb can you be? My gosh. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a good look. Um, I never. I never really understood the spitting. Like I'm. Same with the finger. I don't like, oh, I'm so mad at you. Uh, I'm not going to fight you, but I am going to. Well, I, I feel like spitting is something you do if you want. Like, that's, hey, we are not going to fight. We're just exchanging words. But if I spit on you, I'm inviting you to punch the face. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's the kind of disrespect it lays. I, I agree. But at that point, it's just kind of like, all right, so you're too big of a baby to actually start a fight yourself. Yes, yes. Like, you don't want to throw the first punch, so you're going to spit, and either the person won't do anything because they're probably mature adults, or they will do something and you'll completely deserve whatever they're, they'll do. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, same with the finger, same with flipping off somebody's hat. Just like, all right, buddy, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, if you want to fight, like if the, you want to fight, just fight. If you don't want to fight, then just grow up, get the hell out of here. The middle finger, or you know, if this was six hundred years ago, biting your thumb at somebody—that's I feel like that's just like kind of a childish insult. Mm -hmm. uh, but the flat, the the cap flip, 
or like pointing, like if you do the point at somebody's chest or something, that's really asking for it. The the part that makes us really just cowardice is the fact that he's only doing it because there's a rail there and he knows that the like the fan can't go out and punch him. So when when you first told me this story, TJ, I was like, man, that seems like a lot to just arrest somebody over it. But you know what? Like, yeah, I think uh, a misdemeanor slap on the wrist is probably worth it. Like, wh- what are you doing, dude? Like, that's and it, and it should be the other way around too. If a fan was spitting at the players, like they should get a misdemeanor slap on the wrist. So yeah, I, I was a little lukewarm to this because it kind of sideswiped me so much. I didn't know what to expect. But yeah, they put him in the clink, lock him up. Yeah, he's charged with or the citation with uh, uh, for assault, intent to injure, provoke, or insult. The intent to insult is being an insult. I think, is, it was, I think it's definitely an insult. Oh, sure. And certainly provoking. I just didn't know that intent to insult somebody could be considered an assault, uh, an assault <laughs> or insult. But not a good look for him. No, Bad no. loss for UCLA. Mick Cronin's such a jerk. He's got his players already spitting. He's only been at UCLA for a short time. So. <laughs> Uh, they're they're following their coach's lead. Yeah, if things don't go the way that we want in Tuscaloosa tomorrow, I hope nobody on the team goes the camel route and <laughs> ooh spits on everybody in the in the arena. Which uh, leads me to a story. I was uh, I want to say middle school. I was a little bit older, um, and I and I forgot what the case was. But I was at Huber's, and for whatever, it, it wasn't a great weather day. Um, and we were a little bit older, so like, you know what, let's, let's, let's go mess with animals a little bit. Like this will be a good time. We'll, we'll pet the llamas and wasn't being a jerk to the llama. I was just trying to give it some food. He wouldn't eat any food out of my hand. So I poured a little bit in his like feeding trough and apparently I violated some rule and he just spit like directly into my face. It was, Oh man. I think everybody's wanted to be that llama at some point. (laughs) It was so bad. Like, of course, there was just. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. I was. I mean, I was probably like fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Uh, yeah. A little bit older, but I was like, I mean, I was picking stuff off, and my friend just could not stop laughing. I mean, it was just uncontrollable laughter. While I'm like, what? Like, I was just speechless. I was so shocked, so stunned. I didn't know what to do other than just try to wipe all of that garbage off. It was disgusting. The, probably i think of all the disgusting moments in my life that might be number one most disgusting that is pretty disgusting Uh, that (laughs) sounds like you deserved it though messing with the animals all right this is kentucky roll call we're going to take a break we'll come back get your text into the thornton sex line 502-414-1450 we We got to talk about the mess at auburn we come back to we will we will uh, we will we'll be we got a lot to talk about, and it's still we'll preview tomorrow. Kentucky, Alabama, we'll continue to do that. We'll read the text on the Thornton text line, and we'll get to the mess down at Auburn. This is KRC on Big Exports Radio. We'll be right back. Okay. I got a little sugar baby down the road. She's sitting on a Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Man, man, 
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Snowy, icy Friday edition of the show. We appreciate you spending it with us. Text into the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. And if you're braving the elements today, which we don't recommend, we do recommend Thornton's. A lot of places not open. Thornton's, they are open. Hot coffee. That'll mm-hmm. warm you up. Donuts that'll make you forget about how nasty the weather is. But Roush, it, it I don't think we got as bad as they thought it was going to be, but I still also don't think it's good outside. No, no. Um, it was good to see the ice turn to snow um, rather quickly. I'm seeing some snowflakes falling right now, as a matter of fact. Um, so plenty of just gross, um, but I don't, uh, you know, I haven't turned on our local news this morning to see if there's a bunch of power outages or anything, but very glad that didn't happen last night. Nothing worse than being cold and stuck inside. So, um, yes, I, I'm with you. I don't think it was as bad, but I have not I have not seen if the weathermen are like their takes are right now, if they're making excuses or like I, I did see Mark with a C. He's been very he's been doing a lot of explaining and. Was Sounds like one, it's a lot of backtracking. Yeah. Was he the one that was talking about the hot pockets of Louisville? Yes, the hot pockets where yeah. some, you know, it's just one or two degrees difference makes all the difference in the world. It, it, Hard it, to forecast in a model when you've got hot pockets everywhere. It, it, it's got, it had me hungry reading the explanation. But, yeah, that was basically the extent of it. It was like, well, you know, they don't always take into account that there's a hot pocket in Louisville, which I guess is just – meaning there's parts of Louisville that are just warmer, maybe because it's a urban metro or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and that, that would make sense to me. But, like, do the what the models should take that in consideration. Don't forget about Louisville's little hot pocket. Oh, they should put uh, actual, like, pizza hot pockets in, like, on the maps, you know? Like, got a hot pocket here. Don't know if the ice is going to be as bad. Exactly. Hey, this it, you know, Louisville is going to be a little bit warmer than the surrounding areas, and that's because the – and then everybody points to the hot pocket. Boom, hot pocket. Uh, that's good. I'm glad Louisville has a little hot pocket. And I do think some folks lost power, but I don't think the majority of the city's in the dark or anything like that. So I don't think it was it was bad for in that regard. Obviously, the roads aren't great, but that's you know, hopefully you're not out on them. And then some of them, some of the main highways, expressways, they're actually already doing a pretty good job. And if they're not already in solid shape, they'll be in in great shape sooner than later. The issue is the side roads getting there um, right, right. For, for most folks. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Daycare is closed, so I'm on dad duty anyways. But mm-hmm. it, it's not a ideal weather for appraising. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't love I don't love bad weather, but I also think like it's kind of fun and pretty. Um, but I'm glad it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be. Yes, yes, uh, I concur. Um, I like having electricity. It was it is kind of nice though when you you just know like well I'm not going anywhere. Might as well hunker down. Maybe uh, pour myself a cocktail or two. So uh, yeah, yeah, not not too shabby at all. Not too nope, shabby. not at all. All right, uh, it is shabby. It's would you call it shabby at Auburn? It, it's shibby, shoddy. shibby, shibby, shibby. Okay, yeah, that's a good. That's a good word for it too. You're, um, be careful there. 
not good. So I just kind of saw headlines about it last night, but before the show, I did a little bit more digging. Is is this guy going to make it to the season, Roush? Oh man, it's so it's like the most Auburn thing ever. Where uh, Brian Harson, he's 14 months into his tenure, and things haven't been going well. We mentioned that he he fired both his offensive and defensive coordinators. He brought new ones in, and then one of the guys left after like 10 days. So he's going to have five coordinators within 14 months when he gets the new guy, but he might not even get the new guy because the report was that Brian Harson is at a crossroads and there wasn't really specifics other than they're trying to fire him for a cause potentially. Um, but like the, the long story is that Auburn Auburn's boosters run the show down there. And if you get a certain amount of them ticked off, if that starts to build and you lose momentum, they might just all convince each other, like, we don't need this clown anymore. Let's get a new guy. And essentially, that's where we're at is there there was a certain lack of trust, I think, from the get-go because this dude who came to be, who got successful cutting his teeth in the state of Iowa, he's not this guy who's from the South, uh, who, who has a bunch of ties to the area. And I don't think he knows how to politic very well. And so when things go wrong, they go wrong quickly. And I don't, I don't know what the straw is that broke the camel's back that we started getting these reports out. Um, I don't know if it was not signing anybody on National Signing Day. I don't know if it was guys hitting the portal. I don't know if it was coordinators leaving. But everything, like you could kind of smell Harson's departure coming a mile away. I just thought that he'd at least make it to next season. But that might not be the case anymore, TJ. We might have either an interim or or, or somebody else uh, in the fold at Auburn for the 2023 season. What what's the 2022? Sorry. What's the rules for, like, you know, I know the thing at CNN's going on right now too. But so it it if he was winning, this probably isn't as huge of a deal, or is it? No, yeah, no, that's, I think that's like the heart of it is the winning. And then you find excuses elsewhere when you're not winning. Yeah. So, but, yes. but like, what's the, uh, what's the official rule? Cause the allegations, uh, I don't, are they true or are they not true about well, him? See, with that's a the, blah, okay. blah, blah. Is, is that what the, the allegations yeah. are that he's sleeping around? See, and I couldn't even get to those. I was only three pages deep on a message board. So I didn't get to the real juicy stuff. On oh, like the, page four the, or five. The, the Twitter search. Like Auburn, you know, it's it's class, it's it's classic like internet uh, filth. I guess this actually wouldn't categorize as that because the internet's a pretty dark, disgusting place. But uh, Auburn fans are like debating whether they're not if they're mad or not because they find the the alleged woman to be so attractive, which is wrong. <laughs> Oh, which is wrong but that so that those are the rumors uh there I, there's what there you know again this isn't great for radio but there was one tweet it was like how how he shows up to his next press conference and he had a neck brace on which was pretty pretty funny oh, I, yeah but i, I told that that was good it, the the tweet you're seeing is i'm not saying what brian harson did was right but i get it <laughs> but I, I actually am curious like you know you hear the word moral clause thrown around and whatnot it, it is that can you actually be fired for that 
I guess you could get into like the weeds of like, where, when did this relationship start? Was this person hired because that they were in a relationship? And, you know, it can obviously get messy in that regard. But could somebody just be hired? Could be somebody just be fired because, hey, you cheated on your spouse? Yeah, I, I think it really is. So here, here's part of it too, TJ, is that this could also very well be just a, here is something that like people in power are just spreading to use as an excuse to try to not pay about and get them out. Like I, that that's where um, I, I think a lot of this stuff comes from because you've seen multiple sides of, uh, of the coin where, you know, in one case, you had Bobby Petrino getting beat up by the other boyfriend and claiming it was a motorcycle accident. <laughs> it was like, oh, so there was 100% something to this extramarital affair. I think you had that out at Arizona as well. There was a lot of uh, Stoops rumors going around when folks wanted him out. Nothing ever came from that. It's, because It's always the go-to for yes. – I, I think like Scott Satterfield's been the only coach with uh, – that that has had a somewhat warm seat where you haven't really heard these rumors at some point, but it, it is an easy go-to for I think fans to try to get more people on their side. Yeah, it, it's it's very bizarre. So I I think like as you said, TJ, what would make it a different wrinkle would be if they were in, like if he was her boss, and and so like that's when okay you you know it's kind of like you tow a, a fine line with the nepotism stuff like you there this is a a fine line you tell you can have an extramarital affair uh and be our coach but you can't employ that person and be their boss so um i i don't know if it, you know right right now we're at the like uh this could be just gobbledygook um this could be just the internet sure. rumor mill um but if, if if that was the case that i think that does give him a right like if he's sleeping with somebody that works for them that gives you the the cause to terminate them and i think they would be happy to do that uh they would be happy to get their lawyers out there and find somebody else to coach there uh maybe kevin Steele, who was at maryland for a week last week and then just got hired by miami he could get to three schools in a month it would it'd be kind of like what he did when he was at auburn and tennessee uh when tennessee got in That's trouble true. and he got paid a million dollars and never coached so auburn though they like this is the least surprising thing ever that Auburn football has some sort of disastrous, weird story going on where they could fire their coach at an odd time of the year. It is kind of funny that like, all right, we, if you're winning, we can look past you cheating on your spouse. No big deal. But where you could potentially draw the line is, did it jeopardize the integrity of the hiring process within our athletics university college athletics, which is one of the biggest shams, all things considered like that's where we draw the line was did this person potentially get a job that they didn't deserve. Cause God forbid college athletic programs, maybe waste some money on bad hiring processes. Oh no. Watch out. That's where it, it ends. Uh, Chris Mack maybe isn't going to work for the next three years, but it, and that's just don't nobody it's just normal for these insane buyouts but that's that's where it's just like whoa that's, we where, we draw the line. That, that's yeah. where we can't do it that's not for this thirty thousand dollars a year salary job. Like, <laughs> yeah. god forbid even though if we had to pay a buyout that's what we would owe him per week 
Oh man. Uh, good stuff. Let's, let, let's get to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. The plan is to have Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports on in hour two to talk college basketball, the Kentucky Alabama game. I'm sure we'll get some thoughts on Kentucky and Vanderbilt as well. So uh, we'll, we'll get to this text line. A texter says TJ interviewing Paul McCartney. Remember that time you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. Man, that's an all time great skit too. Yeah. And just making fun of me going back to yesterday's interview with TJ Clark which I'm just not, I'm not up to date on the old horse racing, Roush. I'm not afraid to admit it. Hey, you know what? It's okay. It would be, uh, it's like whenever you talk about world cup points and qualifying, are we good by the way? No, uh, no. I mean, we're, uh, we're not, no, not like a good team, but like, is it pretty much locked up that we're going to be in the world cup? The thing is we are a good team. It's just, gosh, they're so frustrating. We really need a striker. Uh, gosh, we just need somebody that can consistently put it in the back of the net. We are What's not... just been hurt or something. Is that why? No. Well, he, he kind of seems a little hurt. He started some games and he came off the bench in the most recent game. Uh, so if really, we just need one more win, but, th- and we got, there's one more leg left. And some of the legs have been two game legs. Some of them have been three game leg. This is a three game leg. It's in March. <laughs> it's the end of March. And, Oh, we really just need one win. And for all intents and purposes, second time I've said that today, a win would get us in. Um, The only issue is it's the toughest leg that we've had. It's a game at Mexico. So that's probably going to be a loss. It's a hosting Panama. You beat Panama. That serves two purposes because they're the team that's trying to catch up to you. Um, so if you could get three points on them, I think it'd be actually a clincher at that point based on how some other things would unfold that are likely to happen. So you better take care of business against Panama at home. And then your final match is you go to Costa Rica, which Costa Rica is another team that's in the hunt as well. They're actually the oddball out where it stands right now. Um, so top three advance right now, that's Canada, United States, and Mexico. Fourth place plays a intercontinental playoff match royal rumble okay yeah so i don't know who the i don't know who Confacaf has paired up with but uh, i think the most recent one was like an oceana team so somebody had to beat like new zealand or something to go so that wouldn't be too bad but it changes so i don't know if it'd be a european team or if it'd be an african nation or south african whatever it may be so you don't want to be in the fourth place if you can avoid it but but fifth place you're out you're not included whatsoever that's where the united states finished um the last go around. So you want to finish top three, three points mm-hmm. probably guarantees it, but it's a really tough leg going up into the, the next stretch. So I don't know, Roush, I'm nervous. Well, Just, uh, the stakes are so high. Cause if you don't get it, it's like, boom, the last three years wasted. And then you take into consideration, they missed the last world cup. So it, it, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Cause I know Bobby follows along closely. I'll see him like, Good. Just needed those three points there. I, and I'm just, I'm clueless. So I appreciate you shining some light on the situation. Um, but the only, that, that's going to be one of those random nights around the NCAA tournament where I'm like, oh, do I watch U.S. soccer? Like, oh, well, it's like you, that. You just convinced me that when all of that basketball is going on in March, that I am going to flip the channel and watch the U.S. soccer game. So thank you. Yeah, it'd be great if you could get a point in Mexico and then you're feeling really good. And then you you should – it's 
Panama at home. Like if you want, it, if you if you have any dreams of doing anything in the World Cup, then you need to certainly be able to beat Panama at home. But you don't know if they're just going to park the bus. Panama would happily just play for a point. And you don't want to have to be completely reliant on one game, really, ever. And then I get nervous that if you only get a point against Panama and then you got to find a way to get a result in Costa Rica, then who knows what could happen in, on, in road games. So I'm, I'm nervous. I, I think they should be fine. Odds say they should be fine. But after, after missing the last go-around, that was terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. You only get so many World Cups in your life, and the fact that the United States should never miss a World Cup, but it's a joke. But anyways, a texter says, Don Daly is easily Cal's least favorite re- favorite ref. You can just tell he hates him. Yeah, I don't – I've never – don't really know ref names except for that one that we don't speak of, who's terrible, and cost Kentucky a Final Four bid. You don't uh... – there's there's a, there's a couple like uh, Roger Ayers I'll, that name's familiar, but like if I'm watching a game, really TV Teddy's the only one that I'll I'll recognize my name and face because you can't not. He's just like high stepping down the court, you know. Yeah, Duck shows. Uh, Roger Ayers recently, or Shouse, uh recently just did that U U of L UNC game the other night. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was a disaster of a game. Let's see, Kentucky versus Don Daly. Uh, UK is 32 and seven versus Don. No, they've won 32 games and lost seven, 82, uh, 82 winning percentage. Most recently did the game on Wednesday, as the texter said, Oh, he was on the crew in that, in that Auburn game, which was a real laugher him and Joe Lindsay. Oh, Ooh, that's all right. So I we'll keep, we'll, we'll add Don Daly to the list. All right. Adding Don Daly to the list. Suck it, Don. Texter on the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 says, the LSU band should be banned from playing neck after what they did to Sweet Wheeler. It's pretty random. <laughs> that is, that, that that is random. Ago. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with awesome, it. Though. Uh, you, ever, you ever heard him play that? It's pretty great. Yeah, I've, I, I have, but I think we just talked about this not that long ago where I was like, I'm kind of unfamiliar with what they're actually saying oh yeah we can't say that on the radio i mean i know like the bad word but i don't is there more to it or is it just that yeah they're just telling the other team to do something inappropriate okay yeah yeah but there's no build up to it like there's no story of why they're doing it do they do it to some teams and not to others yeah it's just one of those things they don't always play it's like for special occasions and To get to the part where you're telling the other fan base to do that inappropriate thing, there is like a long buildup. So like everybody gets hyped knowing they're getting ready to say it. It's kind of like when you know the end of wagon wheels around the corner and you get to scream at Tennessee, um, at this entire state for being just a garbage dumpster awfulness. Mm -hmm. That that kind of buildup, I think, is what gets the folks fired up. There was a guy outside Rupp Arena after UK dismantled Tennessee that was playing that, and everybody's having a good time with it. Oh man, there's also uh, I, I enjoy that very much. Whenever I'm in a place with not a bunch of Kentucky fans, and my wife gets really embarrassed, like every almost every time. Really, Nick? Yeah. Really? I'll be like one of two people screaming it. It's like I'm sorry. Well, it's kind of just it, rules. 
It's kind of like it's it's a nice way to know if wherever you are, if there's anybody else that went to UK, because I, I think it's more of a UK thing than a UK fan thing. And maybe that's being nitpicky, splitting hairs. But I, I do think you have Kentucky fans that don't know it because they never really had a Thursday night at Tin Roof at UK where the entire place would just scream it at the top of their lungs. Yeah. And, and to your point, too. You would think that maybe like it could be an Alabama thing as well, but I don't I don't know if that's the case. Like, um, I, I've I've heard some other things insulting other schools, but I don't I don't know if other SEC schools also give uh, Tennessee the. the I don't think they do. Heard there, yeah. I I don't think they do. Uh, which is, but I'm not hundred. But you know what? Now that you're saying that, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can't say with with a, a great deal of confidence. Um, all right, let's go maybe, to maybe our, our buddy Colga. He can let us know if in Georgia, they scream bleep Tennessee at them. Johnson, he, he know. Johnson city, Tennessee. Yeah. Gotta yeah. get a move on. Are you a old crow or a Darius Rucker? Oh, old crow. I've seen old crow and show. They are a, they are a hoot. Darius Rucker kind of ruined that part of the our favorite part of that song yeah he goes way too fast yeah and then he like tuna and then it's like it, it's got like an echo effect to it on the tennessee part and it's it's not as pleasant it's not, no, and, I, and, no. I, and i like darius rucker but it, it's just not it's not nearly as good um all right what is as good though is salseritas i have not got word if they're open or closed today i would guess that at some point they're going to try to be open i'm just guessing not 100 percent sure not but maybe double check online before you go there right at opening at 11 a.m but uh, i would imagine it's some case scenario they'll be open this weekend and you get some catering for the great basketball day we've got to hit on saturday remember they it starts at noon on espn it will build, go right to the cats and then even after the cats you've got a gonzaga basketball game i'm sure they're playing nobody because uh, it's conference season, so you know that they're not playing anybody good. And you can have salseritas all day. They're wildly addicted wow. chips. You can make your own nachos, and they will deliver it to you. You can download it all online on the Salseritas app. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. We'll have Bobby Regan on from Barstool Sports in hour number two. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen out today. We, I sent the invite over to Trevor Kelsey to hop on today. He was uh, non-committal, but acted in, uh-huh. you know, kind of did the classic Trevor thing, like, "Oh yeah, I may, I may actually join you all," and then like kind of knowing that that's a no, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's and that's fine. Mm-hmm. 
big guy likes to to sleep in. But we got Douglas, the producer, taking care of things in Southern Indiana. We're very appreciative for him, and we're appreciative that you're listening. KRC goes seven to nine Monday through Friday, nine to eleven. The replay of the show you can listen live on ninety six point one FM or fourteen fifty AM, and plenty of ways to stream. The TuneIn Radio app is a good one. There's a data and hassle-free streaming number. If you can't listen live, you, of course, can listen to the podcast. Just search Kentucky Roll Call anytime, anywhere, and give the podcast a listen. And we appreciate all you all that listen, and certainly those that text in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Should we get to it, the Thornton's text line? Or is we going to chat with our, our, our friend Bobarino? I don't think he'd like if I called him Bobarino. Well, he's on the phone right now. You can ask him. Bobby, can I call you Bobarino? Is that Please nickname work for you? Please don't call anybody Bobarino. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Bobarino is a good look. I don't think it's a good name. I don't know our... where you even where where that even came from. Listen, Nick, we're dads. We're in our thirties, man. You can't be calling another man Bobarino. Well, I, it's I'm used to the. It's also like I, I know you're probably in the same boat too, especially when it gets cold. I've watched Frozen like a gajillion times. I'm like talking to myself. I'm I'm getting. They call it cabin fever. I'm getting the dad fever because I'm dadarino. So dadarino now is Bobarino. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I've got dad brain right now, Bobby. That's all right. My kid told me to leave and go watch basketball in my office the other day. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds like a good kid. Yeah, I was like, all right. I looked at my wife. I was like, you're up. Not my, not my problem anymore. <laughs> you're in charge. That's Bobby Regan with Barstool Sports. He joins us on Fridays to talk college hoops. Bobby, have you ever heard of a player being arrested shortly after a game? Yeah, I saw that. I was waiting. Obviously, we're talking about UCLA in Arizona, the UCLA player uh, back at the end. I I saw it last night, and I was like, okay, like whenever that happens, right? Like, I try to not have like an immediate. Like, obviously, it's disgusting, right? Like, you should never just spit on anybody. But it's like, okay, was was there something that triggered it? Was uh, is the video like cut out or start at the right time? You never know, right? And Everything that I've read so far says, like, nope, this is strictly a Mac Etienne thing. I don't know the last time I've seen – I mean, I've, I've never seen somebody arrested like that or, or or have the talk of being arrested. There's been other things, right? Like, we've seen stuff like this somewhat, but not, not to this degree, I'd say. Have yeah. you ever spit on anybody during a fight? I mean, listen, things happen. And, and... Bobby! <laughs> you didn't strike listen, me as the type. Listen, when you're younger and you, you know, thir- Thursdays at the old two keys where it was $10, all you can drink, things happen is all I can say. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll let it slide. Roush, what do you have? Well, I, I was going to say some of the my favorite locker room incidents were actually in the NBA. You had the Chris Paul gets the police or whatever. He sneaks in and you, you have, an the the have a lot yeah. more people throwing stuff onto the court recently. Uh, Louisville did it uh, for the North Carolina game. So I, I feel like the uh, 
as Robin Thick might say, there's some borderlines out there between the, the fans and players now, and this is the players striking back. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, especially with the, you see in the NBA a lot of, like, fans getting ejected, right? The player kind of point them out. For the most part, I agree with the player. Because um, people do cross the line, right? Like, I get it. Like, hey, like, there is a line. Everyone agrees there is a line. Like, I'm all for talking as much trash as possible. I'm all for, hey, you should be able to, like, fans can yell. I have no problem with that. But at the same time, I have zero problem with, like, athletes firing back at fans. Um, and it's picked up over the years. And I don't, like, I don't know what it is. I've never, I've never, like, sat front row and been like, okay, time to, like, cross the line and say something about this guy's, like, you know, family or something or, or say something that's just completely unreasonable. It's like, just be funny and be creative. <laughs> people, people enjoy trash talk when you're funny and creative. So it, it is weird. And I don't know if it's just the fact that everything now is obviously on social media and picked up and run with, but it, it does seem like it's getting, you know, year by year, more things are happening. Yeah, it's going the wrong direction. Not uh, ideal. A lot of dum-dums out there go to the games, do stupid things. Uh, I want to ask you about the Kentucky-Vanderbilt game before getting into tomorrow, UK-Alabama. Kind of, You can almost feel that one coming, coming off a big win. It was a 7 o'clock game, so it wasn't the late, but with the storm and pending doom and hopefully – uh, the storm didn't hit you too hard. It ended up not being as bad as they said it'd be in Louisville, but hopefully uh, that's the same case for you as well, Bobby. But what was just your takeaways from the Vanderbilt game? I, I hope to never see Scottie Pippen Jr. play against Kentucky again because he's just good for 30 points, uh, which is annoying, but it never really got close late for the most part. Easy win, but uninspiring. I was okay with it. Were you? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the – I don't, even, I don't even want to call it a basketball game. Like it was something where shots were attempted. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched just because I, I, like you said, like Vanderbilt's not good, but I mean, Scotty Pippen's obviously awesome. Vanderbilt's just not a good team. They, they, they do muck it up and, and try to play ugly and everything like that. So it leads to, and then the refs buy into it and it was a very choppy game. There's absolutely zero momentum. And even like, the SEC network announcers were awful. Like I was just getting mad listening to them. And I, and the game went two and a half hours. It's like, it was a prime letdown spot. So the fact that I go out, get the win, Mintz gets a little bit of momentum, maybe some confidence back because he played really well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just get the win, get out of there and get ready for Alabama because that was, it was, it might've been my least favorite game I've ever watched. <laughs> There many was, there was, many there was people are good. saying. Just, I mean, there was so many flagrant fouls that aren't flagrant fouls, reviews. It was just, there was no momentum. Like, any game like that where you can't go more than 35 seconds without a whistle or a stoppage or something just it's make it so choppy. It's not, it's not fun to watch. Not it, quite. Uh, oh, sorry, TJ. No, go ahead. It, it, it it was choppy. There was no flow to it. It was the opposite of that Kansas game where each team's running up and down the floor. Uh, we had another half where Kentucky put up a 50-burger, and they were leading by 20 most of the way and kind of put it in cruise control. 
I think, I guess it was the Tennessee game. After that happened, Bobby, we were saying, there's no way they can keep this up and shoot 70% and a half. And I'm starting to think that this team actually is good enough offensively where they can consistently, like, do, do we think come March the 50 burgers are a regular thing and that they can do this in the postseason? Regular thing, no. I think, you you know, a 40, 40, you know, 40 to 43 point half is a regular thing. Um, we should stop being surprised at a 50 burger uh, because one, one thing this team has shown is, or a couple of things this team has shown is they are, they are really very balanced, right? Like every night you can have someone else beat you, whether it's Oscar, uh, we've seen Keon obviously against Kansas, we saw Mintz, and then obviously Ty Ty, Kellen, who I think is still not being like, I, to me, Kellen Grady should be all, like option one or two on the offense. Um, and then Severe Wheeler, obviously, with his ability to get to the rim. Um, it, 40, like, you know, there's a reason this team is top, what, I think top four in the country now in, in offense. Um, and it's because they do have six guys that can just absolutely, six guys that can absolutely beat you anywhere offensively. Um, so it's, that's, that's the weird thing, you know, and it's, the comeback I'm not overly concerned about because it was so choppy and we've seen Kentucky kind of in the second half, if they're playing a good team, put them away. If they're playing, you know, and I think Mississippi state's a a, a decent team, but when they're playing like a a bad team like that, they're just, they just kind of let them come back a little bit. So it's not overly concerning. Um, You would like to see him just, you know, stop on them and have a, a sweat free 15 minutes, but yeah, I think I think forty to forty three points is the norm now and a half. We're talking with Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Barstool Regs. Alabama has one of the most confusing resumes in all of college basketball. Yeah. What makes them so inconsistent? Is it as simple as a team that relies on threes will have good games that they can beat anybody, which we've seen, or they could have bad games where they could lose to virtually anybody, which we've seen? Is it that simple, Bobby, or is there more to this? No, I think it's honestly – I think that's the easy thing to say, but I don't think that's the right thing to say, if that makes sense. Um, because obviously they do. They play fast. They, they shoot a lot of threes. They have guards and wings that like to get it up. But the, the, to me, the problem is their defense. Um, last year, Alabama, obviously a really, really good team. Um, they struggle, or they were awesome last year because they were one of the five best defenses in the country. Um, they look, you know, they obviously lost, you know, John Petty, Herb Jones, uh, Josh Primo, the guys like that who really let them be that good defensively. Where I think people get confused when they look at Alabama and they see a game, you know, 96 to 88 and go, oh, well, they never played defense. It's like, no, it was, you know, they gave up 88 points, and, but there was, all, you know, 80 possessions or something like that. So, their defense this year just isn't good. And that's what's leading to the weird resume where when they lock in defensively and, and, and I'm not taking away from the offense because they do need Quinterly. They do need um, guys like Keon Ellis or JD Davis to step up. And, and that's the inconsistency on the offensive end, but defense they're ranked 77th defensively this year. Like that's where you lose to Georgia. That's where you lose to Missouri and Memphis and Iona. Um, to me, it's more on the defensive side. Now, the the fact that they they do shoot a ton of threes that could you know that helps balance it out and 
and where they can beat teams because once they get going offensively, that's when they lock in defensively. Yeah, that's what Roush was saying earlier in today's show, that it's not the the same team defensively. That's got to perk up the ears of Kentucky fans when UK has one of the best offensive in college basketball. And I I like seeing on Wednesday night that UK's guards – Wheeler and Washington couldn't get it going, but you had mentioned uh, Mintz got finally, uh, he seemed like he broke out of his slump, which was important. And then Keon Brooks, who started that game, couldn't hit anything in the first half following his big Kansas performance. I thought it was good for him to see a half not to go so good. And then, boom, he gets 20 points. First time in his career, he has back-to-back 20-plus point games for UK. They can really do it any anywhere, anybody uh, so if you're talking about Alabama maybe not being up to the challenge defensively, this should be a game Kentucky potentially just simply outscores them. Uh, they get more stops than Alabama. Yeah, it's a weird matchup for both teams because Alabama does play fast. They have, you know, they, the guards match up well. But then when you look at like Keon and Oscar against Alabama's, you know, if you want to call it four or five, I, I don't like to specifically classify like that, but. You know, Noah Gurley, 6'8". They don't, you know, they do have um, uh, uh, Char, I, don't know, I always butcher his last name, Bidiaco is the, their big guy. They're not big, though. Like, they can run 6'6", across the front where, yes, on one hand, that makes it easier for Oscar on the glass and in the post and same for Keon to get those little mid-posts going. But it's kind of what Alabama wants you to do in a weird way. And then on the flip side, that means, Oscar's going to have to be chasing around somebody setting screens out there. So, so it is a weird matchup from that aspect. Um, and I agree. It, it was good to see Keon get going the second half. My only concern is that I'm trying to think how I can say this. Keon Brooks shouldn't be the leading shot taker for this Kentucky team. That's the one thing. That's I, a nice I, way to put it. And I know, like, yes, like, Kansas obviously is a, an outlier, right? Like, he was rolling. If he's rolling, then get him his shots. But in the game against Vanderbilt, where he has 15 shot attempts, and the next closest was Mintz at 11, and then you had Severe at 8, you had Kellen at 9. I don't like that. Like, I, to me, that all needs to be switched. And I know Ty Ty wasn't going, but Kellen Grady needs to be the leading shot taker on this team. Him or, him or Ty Ty, every single game, unless it's the outlier like Kansas and Keon Brooks literally cannot miss. I agree with you, but if Keon Brooks has an open shot, I want him taking it. And it just seems like he is finding a way to kind of get open in these mid-range. Uh, it's old school in a sense, but he, he just seems to be wide open almost exclusively when, when he's about 18 feet away from the rim. And so well, I want him taking those shots, but it just seems like he'll be hot or cold for the most part. So two things that one, there's a reason he's open from that, from that distance. It's, you know, the old saying you're open for a reason. Second, it's, I agree with you that I want him to take the open shot, but it needs to be in rhythm of the offense. It can't be one pass, 14 footer, right? Like there was a possession mm-hmm. against Vandy where it was like six passes. Everyone kind of touched it. The guards took a dribble, broke down the defense, swung. Vandy rotated, and finally it was like a, a kick to Keon for like 12 feet. That's the perfect kind of shot for him to take that. I don't want him taking that mid-range jumper on, on one pass, and, and then that's the offense. 
to me, that's, yeah, and, that's and we, where you can get kind of sucked into it. It, it. I think some of it, too, is when Wheeler really is getting after it, Keon is sometimes just the, the odd man out where, like, his man's helping off, and he's just stuck right. there with the 12-footer. Love those shots, um, like you said. Don't love the, let me take one dribble and, like, that, pull it. But, yeah. hell, yep. even his, like, fadeaway three at the end of the shot clock was going in. So, Keon's obviously feeling it right now. And uh, I think his career is evidence. It, the streak will eventually come to end. But when you're hot, man, when you're hot, just just let it roll. Let it roll. Yeah, just step back three feet and shoot the three instead. <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> Well, he'll probably think he'll probably have a favorable matchup or at least should be able to continue some scoring against Alabama. Um, you're right, not the biggest team that Kentucky will go against. And I think that's the way you beat I, that. One thing that worries me, I, and we'll get you out of here maybe with a prediction after this, but that is one thing that worries me about that Wednesday game is I, I do think, and not everybody's going to have a Pippin that can drop 30 on UK and make it look somewhat easy, but it's just going to be, all right, let's rough up Oscar. He's going to get his rebounds, but maybe we can get in his head a little bit. We can wear him down a little bit. And if nothing else, maybe get him in foul trouble. I think you're going to see other teams do that, where they're just going to throw so many bodies at Oscar that it's going to muddy up the game. Is that the, did Vanderbilt show maybe a blueprint for less talented teams and how they can make things interesting against Kentucky? I mean, that's been a blueprint for lesser teams for for decades, right? Like, just a, a lot of times you see lesser talented teams just try to ugly it up. Now, the difference is Vandy does have enough bodies to do that, right? Like, Liam, getting Liam Robbins back, you do have a seven-footer to throw at Oscar. Um, Melora Brown is a 6'10 guy. Uh, they have enough bodies to kind of do it and get away with it, whereas... Other teams would say, no, we're just going to like let Oscar get his twos, we'll take threes, right? Like, that's the way Alabama will probably look at it. They, or um, I'm trying to think, like, who else would be a good example of, of what they do? But I don't think you'll see them ugly it up as much just because it's a tried-and-true theory. Like, we've seen it happen so many times. And the fact is that Oscar's a good – I'll tell you what, if Lance Ware was Oscar, I think you see it more where Lance Ware is not a good free throw shooter and Oscar is a decent enough free throw shooter to make you pay. Because that's where it really pays off, where, hey, we have fouls to give, let's foul. Hey, they're in the one-on-one, let's take our chances with a big guy going to the line. The problem is Oscar tends to shoot, what, about 70% from the free throw line. So I think that's something, especially with the way analytics are coming into the game. But I don't know, like... To me, like, it, I don't even think Bandy, like, uglied it up too much. It was just the refs let, like, the refs just called every single thing to make it look that way, right? Like, if they, if, if they don't call somebody walking down the court, then Oscar's getting positioned. So it's, it's the chick, I guess it's a little chicken and egg thing, but I, I think you see, yeah, a little more physical, but I don't know. It all just depends on the refs, which is terrifying to say out loud. Well, Bandy, they, it, it was – the refs were responsible. I just can't do another game like that. That was so miserable to watch. Uh, and our connection to uh, – well, something happened with our connection. I think we're good now, though. Bobby, we'll get you a prediction, and then maybe we'll let you run out of here. Uh, Kentucky-Alabama, another Saturday on the road for the Cats. A challenging game against a team that has shown they can beat anybody and lose to anybody. How do you think it unfolds? Yeah, that's that's the terrifying thing. Um 
So it's going to be another weird environment, right? Like the third one in a row, another Saturday. I kind of like Kentucky in this matchup. Alabama, like you said, Alabama is a weird team. We've seen them lose at home. We've seen them win, you know, a bunch of games at home. If Kentucky truly is the team we think they are, they go and win this game by like six. So I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. We we were all right about the Auburn game. Uh, we were wrong about the the Kansas one, and I think we're getting back to our winning ways this week uh, with predictions. That is, and Bobby will have you on next Friday, and we'll talk about the the week that was in college basketball and preview the weekend again. We appreciate your time as always. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too, guys. Yep. All right, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Barstool Sports, uh, had him on probably a little longer than we we normally do, but still very appreciative of his time. We're going to hit our last break. We'll come back. Uh, I've got things falling apart over here, and we'll get back to the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Export Radio. DJ Walker, Nick Roush. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll, Roll Call Roll here Roll. on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Douglas, the producer. I just did it again, Roush, what we talked about during the commercial break, but not going to let it hurt a ping, too. Yeah, know. It, 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 it really that's it. It happened a couple of times during the Bobby Regan interview, which was a great interview. And if you didn't hear it, go down, listen to the podcast. Always good talking with them. And I, I don't I think we agree more than we disagree on the Keon Brooks thing, but I think there's just a slight difference of opinion. I don't think he, I also don't think he should be Kentucky's leading shot taker should be the focal point of the offense. Totally agree on that. I I just think if he's open, I don't care if it's 12 or 18 feet, I'm all right with him taking that shot because if he's hitting that shot, Kentucky really is unguardable. He he, because you can't guard Oscar on the block unless you double. And then if you double, you're going to leave one of the shooters open. Which Kellen, if he's open, absolutely. We talked about those numbers yesterday and just how he's making history. And not a ton of folks are talking about it. Uh, if Mintz is open, absolutely. If Washington is open, sure. And I'm even if if Wheeler is open, you know, he's probably my last option in terms of open players taking a shot. But I'm okay with it. And we've seen him make teams pay. Uh, and, and he's missed some. He's had those bad shooting nights like he did against Vanderbilt, but I'm still okay with it. If you add Brooks to the fold, it goes back to you just need something out of the four position. Well, if it's anything like the Kansas game, you're not beating Kentucky. It's impossible. And then we saw even if it's just the the second half against Vanderbilt, it was enough uh, to – and otherwise – 
bad offensive game for UK, an off shooting night for most of the usual suspects. Kellen Kellen Grady did the majority of his damage in the first half. It just it adds this other level and layer to UK Roush that I think if Brooks is scoring like we've seen as of late, then just forget about beating Kentucky. Yeah, and you mentioned Wheeler, too. I was like, you know, it feels like he's been shooting better as of late. He's uh, 5 of 10 from behind the three-point line since the Tennessee game. So 50%. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'll take it. It's nice. just knowing nice when he's in rhythm, knowing the right timing. And I, and I think that's just shot selection needs to be good. That's like another one of those. If shots go in, Kentucky's going to be good at basketball. It can be a very basic kind of thing, but – I think that applies to kind of all of the the tertiary guys, uh, you know, who aren't Sheboy or Ty Ty Washington. Like Keon, let's not force anything. Let's not go off the dribble too much. You know your spot. Same thing with Wheeler. Like we don't need you shooting deep threes early in the shot clock. And even with Davion Mintz, there's times where he, uh, I don't, I don't know what's the the right way to put it, but it feels like he just needs to get a shot up sometimes and he rushes and just throws up some garbage. Like it's one thing to shoot uh three in transition. It's another thing to just like get to the rim and throw up some gobbledygook. So I, I think in general, this team has gotten a much better feel of, of when it's their time and, and when they can eat up a little bit of clock, work it around and get a better look. I just, I think Keon Brooks is the last infinity stone to use a reference that I'm probably not familiar enough to properly. Oh, make, you, but you, you did it. You, I, good job. I, I think if he, if if it's if he is hitting shots, and he's open because and and Bobby was totally right about this. He's open because teams just respect him the least of the offense, which is really a compliment, I think, to Kentucky overall. But uh, sure, maybe somewhat disrespectful to Keon Brooks. But oh, don't go out there and make them pay for it, buddy. Shucks. Uh, you should go out there and make them pay for it. But it is factual where I think if teams are kind of going down the list, well, we can't leave Grady. We can't give him an inch. He'll make us pay. Uh, Wheeler can break down a defense, and he's really tough to stay in front of. Washington can score from anywhere. So who does that leave us? Okay, well, if we're going to help off somebody, uh, you can – we can roll the dice. We can take our chances with Keon Brooks. And he has shown that if you take your chances with him, he can make you pay. I, I do think that first half against Vanderbilt was a good reminder that, hey, you can have an off-shooting night. And Kentucky did all right offensively that half. So uh, if other guys are able to score, then good. Don't rely on Keon. But if the offense is kind of stalling, it's nice to know that you have an option in Brooks. And and I, I think it just adds a whole nother layer to this team. And that's good to hear. I, I like hearing, I, you know, I've only been able to watch Alabama a few times this season. I like hearing that defensively they're going to give up open shots. They're going to give up layups. They're going to give up points in transition because this UK offense will gladly gobble that up. Nom, 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 nom. Now, it is, now it is a road game, so probably not going to get the best whistle just to be expected. UK generally doesn't at that place. So, it, it is what it is, but this does seem like two teams, Roush, that are going to try to play a style of getting up and down the floor. Now, yeah. you would think that about Kentucky and Auburn, and that didn't stop the officials from making it a foul fest, and Auburn shot, what, like 17 more free throws or whatever that number was. It was pretty crazy. Should uh, still be um, – uh, I, I, I would think it's kind of like the Kansas game where both teams have that style. They want to they want to shoot a bunch. Like, I, that should make for uh, a very pleasant, enjoyable time. 
uh, bare minimum. It should be at least a fun game to watch. And, and maybe you don't have the stakes that you had the last two Saturdays playing on the road in top right. five venues. Instead but, of a filet, it's a T-bone. But you also don't have the same uh, playing with house money aspect. This loss, while it wouldn't kill you, and that's what we talked about with the SEC earlier in today's Kentucky roll call, uh, it will be it, it will be respected, but – you know, you could potentially drop a seed line, maybe a few spots in the true seed list, whatever it may be. But a win is enough to maybe move you up. As, you know, you're probably talking about maybe a two to three to four, two to four movement one way or another with a win or a loss, which, no, it's not – you're not going to jump up in the AP poll from seven spots, and Kentucky couldn't because they're at number five, like you did last week after beating Kansas. But there's enough on the line here to to make it worth Kentucky's while where if you're going to have that roadkill mentality and you're going to say mm-hmm. it and do cheers and chants to it, take care of business against this Alabama team. Enough bad teams have shown that you can beat them, that they are they – are, certainly beatable defend the perimeter and i think kentucky is going to be able to just simply outscore them which is good to say against a team that just wants to kind of run up the score against most other teams so i'm excited for it eight o'clock tomorrow night can't wait um we'll get our predictions at the end of the show and we need to wrap up the thornton's text line but first tj i just want to mention devin booker carl anthony towns going back to the nba all-star game third time for each so shout out to the western conference getting uh, a little Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns flavor. And then um, I think I also need to mention, too, the Olympics. They're happening. Have you caught the Olympic fever? Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, no. Yeah. Not a big, I'm not a big winter Olympics guy. I think it's good uh, TV to fall asleep to, you know, like cross country skiing or curling, like that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I noticed that it was on last night. And I still, like, I noticed it, and I kept scrolling, and then I just forgot that it was there. So, uh, I think it will be weird, too. They're they're still doing the no fans thing, uh, and it's all weird. Yeah. It's it's so, suck it, China. Big suck it, China. Honestly, I think that's a little part of it, too, is I just don't want to watch something that's like, China, China stinks. Yeah. Jerks. Just the worst. You see that they like made the athletes download apps that were recording them. Oh, I'm shocked. That's just like, gosh, that's just that's wild. But yeah, I'm the I'm probably the same. Like I'll I may catch it while just laying in bed. End up getting like fixated on one game, and then forget the next commercial break to to flip it back. Uh, That will be my level of interest or, or watching. But I'm not generally a big Winter Olympics like. I, I, I don't know. Can't get in the snowboarding. That just doesn't well, do it for me. And some of the skiing things are in, entertaining at first, like especially the giant slalom where they're jumping like down a mountain. That's just wild to me. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing over and over again with all of these, like the luges, everything just ends up kind of looking the same after a while. Um, so, you know, you get, you get kind of bored with it. There's also, I, I just don't care that much about figure skating and they have figure skating on <laughs> Basically every night. It's just, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Would you rather watch gymnastics in the Summer Olympics or figure skating in the Winter Olympics? Gymnastics, yeah. There's just a lot. I mean, granted, it, it does look like it would hurt more if somebody would fall in ice skating. 
But that's all I'd find myself doing when watching ice skating is just hoping that one of them falls. Oh, just well, that's mean. Yeah, but still, like it's just like, all right, let's let's change it up a little. Whereas, like, basically, the four routine is just one uh, figure skating routine. But then when you the other events are just crazy, like the uneven bars when they're flipping around. Like, I love that stuff. I I, I eat some of that stuff up. It's good. The this is spoken so from. Uh, a really dumb standpoint, which is generally most of our takes on the radio show. But like, I, I feel like figure skating is just, I, it, they're all sequences of twirls. It's like, how many spins do I need to watch? It, you can only mm-hmm. do so many spins for, for me. It's just, it's dancing with spins while on ice, which I, I understand you could potentially say the same about summer Olympics. At the end of the day, it's all just like flips or twirls or twists and turns, um, but it just seems like a little bit more versatility in the gymnastics in the Summer Olympics. So I agree with you. I, I, I'm taking gymnastics over the ice skating, mostly out on yeah. the Winter Olympics. But maybe, Take that ice skating. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll watch something, but uh, you know, feel free. If there's something that jumps out or you feel like we need to watch, feel free to text in to the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. Yeah, and uh, we actually have a couple that we need to read. Uh, uh, couldn't hammer the fast forward button quick enough when the horse guy came on. No offense. Uh, it's from Jimmy <laughs> in Louisville. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. You handsome, Jimmy? No. R.I.P. R.I.P. I'm so freaking relieved that the cat made it. Uh, yeah, you, that could have been really awkward. I'm I'm still nervous about this whole situation. Uh, the... I mean, Trevor lost this cat. Trevor thought this cat was dead five days after getting it. Are we still not worried? And this cat has survived at the studio, probably because it's a pet cat, for years. Yeah, that's um, that's discouraging. Like, also, what does that say about the rest of his animals? The resiliency they have. If Trevor's just like, yeah, I think it's dead. Like, how how have you kept the other animals alive for so long? good question that's i don't i certainly don't have the answers for it it's he seems like the extent of his animal care is opening well is opening doors and letting animals out into the backyard and then letting them in because he is admitted to not taking them for walks but he also brags about the doggy door which defeats the whole purpose of having to let animals in and out and how he (laughs) says he lost the cat because it went out the doggy door Wow. Their irresponsibility. No more no more pets Sorry, in the Kel- no more pets in the Kelsey household. Man, how long would a goldfish last there? I mean, do you think a long time or a short time? I don't I mean 24 hours, 48? I mean, could we get an if we dropped a goldfish off at Trevor's house, would it be alive like if after the show Trevor got a goldfish. Would it still be around by Monday's show? We once had a goldfish, and I, you know, I hate admitting this, but it's different different time. That didn't have the best quality of life in its tank, and that thing just lived forever. I mean, it it really did. <laughs> it lived forever, and then like it got to a point where it was just like, well, this you know good good for this goldfish so we actually cleaned up the tank for it and um we 
kept living lived i don't remember how its end eventually came about but i think it was like people moving and just couldn't do anything with the fish or something along those lines but uh so i i, I think trevor could take care of a goldfish if it was a fighter he's not cleaning out a goldfish tank though i can tell you that much no no he's probably dirtying it up actually i just don't what what would smoke due to a goldfish tank probably not good there's air filters and there's there's all that the water probably wouldn't be good i don't know okay. i'm not a, i'm not a scientist though the filter would be filthy yeah yeah wouldn't be great um texture on the thorn sex line says shout out to bob mccullough for teaching grady to never foul ever under any circumstances is that sarcasm i don't get is this sarcasm i yeah, but I don't think Grady fouls that much. I don't right? think I don't think he does either. I don't think that is sarcasm. I think that's a genuine like shout out to Bob McCullough. Teaching players well, he, not to foul. He's fouled on one of those three pointers where I mean Kentucky's had a string of fouling three pointers, it seems like, but he isn't one of those. Yeah, but you're right. For the most part, doesn't foul. Which is good. You want to keep him out on the floor because he is the best shooter and is he the best scorer on Kentucky's team? Hmm. Uh, I think Tata is. I think you got to go Tata. Versatile okay. when, he, when say, he's feeling it. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, yes, he is more versatile, but let's let's not slander our our guy Kellen, Grandpa Kellen Grady, Granddad, Gosh, Granddad. DJ. Anyone, any one team that can hold down court one at the JC can beat Vandy. There, that's actually true. <laughs> you take Pippen you off ever... Vandy, and that's factual. Do you ever go on one of those like long streaks where you, you eventually get to a point where you're like, all right, I kind of kind of want to be done here? That what ever you, happened? What do you mean? Like you, like you, you win so much, you're holding down the court, and eventually you're getting kind of tired, and you're like, all right, guys. Uh, well, the, the, if you're playing at a place with any halfway decent competition, then you will the competition will make sure that you're done if you're too tired. That's well, the thing was – just like, all right, I can't really guard you much anymore, so – we're probably not going to win. Oh, no. Well, what happened, my best day at the JC, I ended up on Darius Miller's team. So, like, if – if and he wasn't a ball hog type. He was there to just kind of run and, you know, have fun. But if it ever got close, he could just take over and, and keep winning. So, it, that was a – it was at least six or seven in a row. And it was it was a couple hours where eventually it's like, okay, time time to call this. Time to call this. I played – I don't remember who the best player I guarded up there, but it wasn't anybody. It it, it was not a Darius Miller level. Uh, I played in you know several games that Perry Stevenson played in, but I think that was a rite of passage at UK that you'd play in a basketball game against Perry it's Stevenson. Yep. So uh, that's nothing all that special. But I don't remember who the back cash. I, I couldn't say who the best player I guarded. But if I had a chance to guard Darius Miller, even just knowing that you're going to get torched, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was it was great. That was the first time in my life, maybe the only time where I had people on the other team like calling me out as a shooter. It's like, what? What are, what are we doing here? It was that was you want to talk about a rewarding feeling. Like, I'm pretty sure I should like I should have just never played basketball again after that day. Should be like, you know what? This is it. Like it's it's all downhill from here. Should be taking charges in old man leagues and like uh hoping that I don't get hurt. Was this April Fool's Day? No, it was not. I was in fact because uh, I, I missed uh, – I, I remember at one point he was feeding me the ball like, no, just keep shooting. And, hey, they started going down, and I, I became the shooter. Nick Roush, shooter for life. 
I'm glad that I'm glad it worked out for you. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, I think that the Calipari Penny Penny UK beef goes back to the wall dunking on Stackhouse and pick up elite 2009 internet fodder. That's true. No, it was. Yeah. Yeah. God, he really dunked on Stackhouse so hard. That's a, that's a fun. Thanks for bringing that up. Texture. That's one of those slept on internet clips that, that should not be because that was, that was incredible. I know when Little Crawford dunked on LeBron, he tried to confiscate the video. Didn't Stackhouse do something embarrassing, or am I am I mixing these two memories together? You you might be conflating them, but it, it was around the same time though. Maybe the Crawford one happened like a year or two later. Um, but man, they not a good look. No, not a good look. Thanks for bringing up the early internet. Early internet's fun, like. Uh, I was watching old Survivor season, TJ, and it's probably like 2010 or 11. And the finale, they keep telling people to use their hashtags and their reading tweet, uh, Twitter questions. And it's so early internet, like at CZ so-and-so and like reads out the handle. And it's like all like basically an instant messenger name wants to know, how does it feel to be a sex symbol? And he's like, well, you better follow me back on Twitter. You know, like it was just so, yeah. it was so forced. They were just shoehorning it so bad because they had no idea what they were doing. Great stuff. Uh, that is, that is good. That is good stuff. Yeah, I would, I would distinguish it as early social media internet, not necessarily early internet by itself. Yes, but it, yes, yes, correct. Being somewhat nitpicky with that. Um, that I, I've maybe have told this story. Hey, yesterday was my eight year anniversary at the Big X Sports Radio. Uh, which is a oh wow! Long, Congrats! It's a, it's a long time. Thank you. Um, I thought it was in like January, but I guess it's February. But it came up on the time hop. But I think I've told this story at some point along the way. But the 2011 SEC tournament in Atlanta. Did you go to that by chance? No, have not been to an SEC tournament in Atlanta. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You haven't been to any, have you? Like- I went to a bunch of Nashville. Okay, uh, that was a pretty regular thing for. Me. Um, but they had like it was I, well, they only did it once, but you could get like five dollar tickets as a student, which was great. You didn't have to worry about getting tickets or getting there early because it was in the Georgia Dome, so like everybody could go there. But they would they had it set up. Gosh, this was so dumb. Where like you could do a hashtag and it would be shown on the screen, but they had no way to filter it, so you can. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. The hashtag was in the dome and because you were in the Georgia Dome. And I guess the, I guess the technology was as simple as like, well, if they use this hashtag, it's going to roll across the screen. <laughs> so obviously the student sections, which Kentucky was the only student section that really had anybody there worth any any amount of fans. And it got ugly. Oh, and man. That's great. Oh. Whew, let's man. keep let's keep at this Thornton's text line. A That's text- like calling in. Uh, we we used to uh, they would take us to the bowling alley for PE because we had, like the long schedule. So for like a month period, we'd get to go bowling two days a week, and so naturally we would call to the front desk and say, "Yes, this is bend over uh, calling for so and so." But we would naturally get way more like Phil McCracken. I mean, it was. It was always funny. Like those names, that stuff, just 
So fun. Classic gag. Okay, uh, we got the post office beef following up. Here's the proof for the photo services. Suck it, Forrest Gump. I don't get the Forrest Gump reference. He called him Forrest Gump the other day. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, I don't think they're done with that, by the way. I think we'll we'll have more from the photo, uh, because everybody cares. But more more from the Linden post office here soon. A texter on the Thornton's text line, Jimbo Fisher, me thinks thou dost protest too much. Oh, yeah, big time. No doubt about that. Seriously. Uh, What's everybody talking about? We don't benefit from this at all as money fell out of his pockets. (laughs) Oh, man. A texter says, how would you grade UK players of this season? Uh, Well, very well. Um, yeah, they are halfway through the SEC season. How would you let's let's just kind of let's let's go through it very quickly here. Uh, let's try to start with the guards and go in, in some sort of order. Let's just get a letter grade and we'll include the Kansas games, although that's not conference play. It has happened while conference play has been going on. Uh, so Roush, let's let's do let's do a nice radio segment, do some grading real quick. Uh, we okay, are Dave Oh, well, we are, we are. Okay, Wheeler, uh, B plus, um, and I, I, I'm attendance participation grades the only thing knocking him down just because he missed two and a half, you know. Yeah, I think B plus is fair. Washington, I'll go, I'll go B plus as well, and part of that's also injury related. Yes, uh, I, I would concur because the last two games he hasn't been as good, and it's probably lingering effects of that injury. So, All right, so. Kellen Grady, I'll go A minus. The minus only because I wish he'd shoot more. Yes, I'm going A minus for Grady as well. Davion Mintz, uh, A plus. Um, really exceeded my expectations. Davion Mintz, that's horrible, Grady. I'll go C plus. Finally, good to wow. see him show a little bit of life on Wednesday. We need more of that from him. Uh, who's anybody else on the wing? Dante Allen. I'll go. He I'll go with, dunked. He had that dunk. I'll go C minus. Just he's given some chances. Just hit more shots. Dante, you're a three-point shooter. We need more out of him. So I'll, I'll give him a tough grade there. Uh, let's go Keon Brooks. Uh, you got to be a B, at least. B. Last two I think games. that Kansas Real. game, I'll give him a B plus, although that's it's being, it's being generous, I think. But I'll give him a B plus. When you go to Kansas and dominate like that, then you get that. Bryce Hopkins. Um, in a. Uh, I, you know, a D plus for – Effort. I mean, he's he's just getting pinched out of the rotation. Same with Damian Collins. Hop in uh, Jacob Toppin. Hop in Jacob Toppin. Damn it! I'm trying to steal your thunder. Uh, B. Solid B. I'll give he, him he, a B minus. He's not there every night, but he's yeah. that's kind of what I expect from him, though. You know, yeah. Expectations change this. Oscar A plus. Oh, uh, you're leaving off plus plus, A plus plus plus. All right, there's your grades, Texter. You have to be able to beat Panama at home. I agree with that. You should. I just, anytime you have to rely on a win in soccer, it just gets scary. Teams can be so defensive, and this USA team struggles scoring, or at least all of a sudden is struggling scoring. And uh, yeah, I, but I agree with you. In TJ's defense, he would be great at interviewing a QAnon person. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Boom, roasted. <laughs> A texter says, "Old Bob Reno can't even get the dozen Hollis Star All Star Game ass." Is what that texter says? Oh, I forgot to read that to Old Bob Reno. Oh man, couldn't get an All Star Game. Real shame. Right, Real we, got, shame. we got a John text, Roush. 
Yeah, John here. Good morning to all. Looking at the snow just makes me want a warm day's back so I can do some fishing. Man, I'm craving wild latitude chips and salsa from Salseritas. Definitely going there tonight. Thanks, KRC, for great food suggestions. I had the cats by 12 this weekend at Alabama. I got Mr. Brooks scoring over 20 points for the third straight game. Wow, he is on the way to the next level. Who will be the player that you think will stand out? Or who do you think will be our standout player against Alabama? Well, have a great weekend. I think Oscar is going to get a bunch of points in this game. I think Ty Ty is going to have his big – I think he's going to have a big game. I think it's going to be 20-plus for Ty Ty. I think he gets going, and once he's feeling it, he's impossible to guard. I, I do agree with Oscar. I just – they're going to – I think they're going to take the Vanderbilt approach. They don't have the same big bodies to do it, so I think they're just going to throw a bunch of six eight dudes at them and be super physical with them. But everybody has already tried that. That's not like this new thing that's popped into my head. I know teams try that already. Oscar doesn't care. He disregards them. It, it doesn't matter to him. A texter, good morning, guys. Alex from Colga here. Just checking in to laugh at the Brian Hitt. Harson Auburn Dumpson, dumpster fire that is beyond hilarious, looking like he will be fired before lunch. Oh, man. You hate to see it. You really, you really do. Um, has Nick ever played basketball with his uh, daddy over at KSR? Uh, my dad does not work at KSR. Um, very good shooter, though. Um, he, his line is, there's no defense for this. And then he just is money from three. in the free throw. Dad's a good shooter. Got a lot of backspin on the ball. So he just say, he says that and then he shoots or he shoots and then he says that. Yeah, he no no he 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 will we when he was younger people were weirded out because he would commentate his games while he was playing. That's kind of his thing, you know. It's a, he's like the he's the play-by-play broadcaster and also the shooting guard. I love it. I like that. That's that's uh, that would be entertaining. All right, let's do predictions for Kentucky and Alabama. Who does UofL play at Syracuse? A couple 11 and 11 teams going at it. UofL get Man, a win. You were talking, God, that's going to be such an ugly game. Think about how many awful possessions they're going to have against that zone. Just oh, no gosh. ball movement. It's going to be it's going to be horrendous. Oh yeah, I may have to put some some money on Syracuse. That's a good point. Whew. Uh who does Indiana have? They've got Illinois going to Indiana. Ooh, that's a tough I think that could be a tough one for the Hoosiers. They are at home, so they'll probably shoot a thousand free throws. But right. Yeah. Trace Dexon Davis. They'll fell out Kofi Coburn pretty quickly. So yeah. Um that'll be interesting. So we've got some good games in the area. All right, who cares about them? Alabama predictions. Go. I think it's it's going to be another high scoring affair for the Cats. Like what you mentioned about Ty, Ty Washington. Dad mentioned that he's been playing through some injury stuff. And I ultimately think he kicks off some of the recent frustrations and hits uh, four threes, ends up scoring 18 points uh, to lead the Cats to an 82 to 69 victory over Alabama. They pull away at the end. Whoa, big win for the Cats there. This is a buffer zone game, TJ. This is a big buffer zone game against a, a, a good high-scoring Alabama team. Well, I would love for you to be right. That would make me very happy. I think we sweat one out, and Kentucky gets an 81-80 to 80 win. Ty Ty at the buzzer gets a little teardrop floater to fall, and the Cats walk off victoriously in tuscaloosa it's gonna be a fun one so enjoy it i'll take kentucky thanks for all the texts into the show this week be safe everybody especially with this weather tj walker nick roush and thanks to douglas the producer for getting us on we'll see you on monday this is kentucky roll call